Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, do you ever beat yourself up? Or do you ever, like, emotionally beat up the people around you, friends, neighbors? Do you feel like you're not as good as the other moms or other dads or grandparents around you? Do you ever get into battles with other parents over, say, sports or the cutest houses or best-dressed children? Well, coming up on the show today, we are going to be talking about unhealthy competition between friends and neighbors. That's next on the Matt Townsend Show, right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. A Supreme Court ruling today is gutting a key section of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which was meant to help protect minority voting rights. The section of the law which dictated which states were required to get federal approval to change their voting laws is being invalidated. President Obama is rolling out a new plan to circumvent Congress and enact policies to combat climate change. The effort will rely heavily on the EPA, creating new regulations limiting emissions from both current and future power plants. The president also wants to invest heavily in renewable energies. Immigration reform also drew President Obama's attention today as he held bipartisan meetings with leaders from both houses of Congress as part of a push to get the Senate's immigration bill passed before Congress breaks for a summer recess. Authorities in Boston dismantled a makeshift memorial to the victims of the Boston Marathon bombing today. City officials say the contents of the memorial are being kept in the city archives, but hope the people of Boston can now look towards the future. As U.S. leaders continue to push for NSA leaker Edward Snowden's extradition, Russian President Vladimir Putin confirmed Snowden is currently in the Moscow airport and will not be sent back to the U.S. by Russian authorities. With relations between the U.S. and Russia already tense, cooperation between the two to set up peace talks to help end the Syrian civil war have not been fruitful. Neither side can agree on who should be invited and when they should meet. Mexican leaders are criticizing a U.S. plan to increase security along the country's shared border, saying the plan is divisive and will do little to solve the problem of illegal immigration. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. And my my mind is going bye-bye because I just had to ask if it's afternoon. And it is. Welcome it's to the program. the afternoon show. Whenever you come in here, it's the afternoon. Hey, to be fair, if it's the repeat broadcast and you're on the East See? Coast, it's Good now point. 7. It's now evening. And so it would be evening. So I would hypothetically ask, is it, is it evening? And then I would get on and say, "Good evening." Maybe from now on, you should just be temporarily neutral. Just don't, just Hi, don't say, "Folks, hey, howdy, duty." Good time good day. Day to you. That's not a bad idea. Good day, sir. I really need to think about stuff like that because I do a show on Saturday, and when I do a show on Saturday, it's in the morning. But I always say, "Good afternoon." <sighs> Messed up. Well, welcome to the program. We have got a great show for you. In fact, it's such a new topic; it almost feels like we worked on it for five minutes. Anyway, um, we had a guest, a wonderful guest that was going to be here today, but they couldn't make it. So we put together, I think, one of the finest shows we've ever got, um, we've ever done in the history of this week. And um, as part of the show... It's, it's only Tuesday. Oh, I think we almost put Tuesday more, morning or Tuesday afternoon? more time into preparing the show than the length of the show. No, I think, I think you're right. And this, but we also went, this was fun because we could go cherry pick some of the best guests we've ever had. 
and they're going to help us address a topic that I didn't know was as big of a deal until I think Merritt brought it up. I did bring it up. Okay, Merritt, announce it. The topic is mommy wars. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you just say, get off, let go of my hair, let go of my hair. <laughs> um, mommy wars. Yeah. There are mommies in the world, let's just say in your neighborhood, who are at war with each other. They're yeah. ninja dress. They're dressed like ninjas. They're they're in battle. Not quite. Because it's a weird. They're dressed like forty year old ninjas. They're, they're dressed like forty year old ninjas, and they go to the they go to the spa and the mall, and then they. I guess their battle is who's more fit, whose kids are smarter and brighter, whose yeah husbands provide. the The term was originally used in the nineteen eighties. Really, as part of the feminist movement to kind of the war against the stay-at-home moms versus the working okay, moms. Okay, there was a division. Yeah, but over the years, it's kind of developed just to be any competition between moms. And it can get kind of nasty. Oh, way nasty. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like... Now it's World War moms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, now it's like what age you should get married, what age you should have kids, whether you should... Stay at home, go to work. Kids formula, what kind Really? <gasps> Breastfeeding versus do. formula? Yeah. No, exactly. I've yeah. heard of these. So, whether you're going to buy disposable diapers or cloth diapers, yes. how you're going to school your kids. Electric it just, the car, list goes on forever. Gas. Hmm. Yeah. It's Green. How much, dirty, how much nasty. do-it-yourself stuff you're going to do, whether or not you have a nanny. It's just oh, anything. This is intense. Anything I didn't think it was a big deal. And then we posted something on Facebook and we started a war. Pretty much, yeah. We started a war right on my Facebook page. That's the internet for you. This is great. But, like, I, I mean, people, some people are like, no, it doesn't exist. I've never seen it ever on the face of the earth. You're all just sensitive. And that was Sky. And then um, <laughs> if you go further down, other people were like, it's totally there. You're clueless if you're not seeing it. And then that started, your mother. And then people were yelling about someone's mother. <laughs> Mommy wars. Dangerous. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we do need one of those dun dun dun. Get on that, guy. I need a dun That's dun That's in the dun. theaters now. World War M, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great show, though? They hey. all pull up in their vans. Brad Pitt. <laughs> all these women <laughs> pile out of the van. Um, okay, so we're going ta- to attack mommy wars. And it, I think, are there daddy wars? Or there the daddies are, are, are daddy too wars. disconnected. It's, there are daddy wars. They're called real wars. They're called, that's the <laughs> oh. real war. That's the still, no. silly little where guns are involved. Yeah. No, there, there are daddy wars too. Like, uh, you yeah. see a daddy war on a football field. Like, don't yeah, push my son. Your son pushed my son, and then it's a war. Yeah, basically. Okay. You know, or like how immaculate your lawn is. That yeah. one's so <sighs> stereotypical, but I've seen it. I hate so, that. My wife yeah. will say, why, why, why can't... No, she doesn't say it that way. She says, look at how good the Johnson's yard looks. It's so subtle. And I'm like, why don't you marry him? If you like his yard so much, go marry the old coot. I don't even care about my yard. I hate yards. Because mine is like, mine's got, mine's a polka dot yard. Because my sprinklers don't cover. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, kids, can you go out and get where the sprinklers aren't covering? Because I think everyone in our neighborhood waters at the same time. That's daddy wars. That, so you've got to know war. when to water to make sure you get your whole yard covered. Yeah. And what with, with the rise of stay-at-home dads, it's just going to – it's just an everyone war. See, now, you that's, – that's true. You came up with something funny, though, Ben. You have a name for 
maybe the cause of this war. It's not a name. There's well, a source. I can't take all credit for it. Because that's it pretty was, hilarious. It was someone else who came up with the term. I just stole it. And Let's it's uh, Stop the Pinsanity. <laughs> and Pinterest is causing the Pinsanity. Yeah, that's right. That Pinterest is actually to blame for a, a lot of this. This is an article, uh, actually a survey done by the Today Show. Cool. Um, from earlier this year. Actually, uh, this article was published on May 9th, so this is pretty recent. But according to a survey of 7,000 U.S. mothers, 42% said that they sometimes suffer from Pinterest stress. 42%. 42%. The worry, Pinterest stress de- defined as the worry that they're not crafty or creative enough. Ugh. Now, symptoms include staying up until 3 a.m., clicking through photos of exquisite handmade birthday party favors, even though you'll end up buying yours at the dollar store, or sobbing quietly into a burnt mess of expensive ingredients that were supposed to be adorable bunny cookies for the school (laughs) bake sale. So, uh, obviously, that's kind of a joke, but this is actually like a real thing that people get on Pinterest and they see that, wow, someone made this really exquisite birthday cake for their their child, someone they know, and then they have to turn around and... Compete and make a and because if not, they're somehow a subpar mother. Right. If they can't have a well, really you crafty even, you, birthday. You have cake. to make the cookies, but then you also know how, have to know how to frame a picture and make it perfect mm-hmm. and get the right uh, image and lighting on the picture. And then you got to know how to get it on the onto Pinterest. I mean, there's a lot I, of pressure to be I perfect blame, today. I blame this on mostly on the cake boss. Oh really? But then I blame a lot on the cake boss. So yeah, I don't and, know. and even though the cake boss probably doesn't need to be blamed for all of it, well, let's just blame him. Yeah, I agree. Why the cake boss of all people? Because now we have these perfect. Well, cakes. like my my mother and my sister watch that show, the cake boss. It's on. I don't even know what channel it's on, but the one where the guy yeah. they have to build yeah. they have to they build the build giant cakes for whoever yeah. really elaborate uh-huh. cakes with moving parts. They don't and even like look good to eat. They look yeah. gross to eat. Yeah, you, really you cool. don't even want to eat them because no. they're so elaborate. Right. And then there's always that part where they got to move the cake yeah. to like the convention center. Yeah. So there's like the drama. Yeah. Like getting it onto a car. And cousin like, Lenny's holding it, it up the whole time. The door. <laughs> yeah. It's always the drama. Anyway, yeah. and then they get the cake, and they love that show. But then it's like everyone has to try and compete and make these yeah. really ornate food items. Which it, what is, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It only matters what it tastes like. Well, right? I can't speak for half of humanity, but speaking for forty-two guys, yeah. What percentage? You say Women 48? go to a lot of trouble throwing a party to have favors and decorative mm-hmm. cakes. But honestly, a bowl of Doritos. Well, no, but would that's satisfy you, Rob. Half as of long America. as they're nacho cheese, not cool. Right? No, but I that's think, fine. But that's I fine. think Rob, you're the only one that could get away with just throwing out a bowl of Doritos. You know, but have you ever been to a social function where there was adequate just snacks, pretzel sticks, or yeah. something, and been unhappy? No. See, that's all you need. Well, no, right. But you see, know, I, that, that's the I deal. just think but women, when you're married, all of their sudden, parties a little bit. No, but like all of this, but there's pressure is the deal because right. they what they saw on and, Pinterest, Pinterest that it, you could if you put the Dorito in a piece of cheese, it looks like a gopher. It's already then, cheese flavored. <laughs> it's fine. Now it's a gopher cheese, which is even Plus, better. Gopher I, chips. Anytime <laughs> I see something clever, I go, oh no, that, they went to a lot of work, which means there's not going to be very much there, or it's <laughs> not if going it's to taste Dorito very good. Doritos straight in the bowl, you think, well, they might have five more bags in the back. Just, so I can kind of help just keep myself. Shoveling them in there, okay. Yeah. A lot of times, also the simplest flavors are the best ones, right? right. Like creme brulee is just, that's just cream and custard and it, sugar on top that's yeah. been like burned, torched. Yeah, that that's like the best tasting thing there is. It's a very simple idea, but you could it also doesn't require just have eighteen chocolate layers. ice cream. Um, per this survey, by the way, uh, back to the insanity. Uh, one in four mothers told the. Uh, 
Today's Show survey that the pressure they put on themselves to be perfect is a top cause of stress. And 75% report that the pressure they put on themselves is worse than any pressure or judgment they get from other mothers. Yeah, that's it. It's all internal. Well, I think a lot of the mommy wars is about the pressure and then... They take like you see these cute little pictures of the mother's perfect house with all the like incredible color and decor, and then the baby's asleep on this incredible blanket that like you're like oh just the blanket looks perfect, and the baby's perfect, but if they just flip the camera around and you could see the mommy's face mm-hmm. and her hair is disheveled, and the rest of the house is a complete mess. They've got to be that. I think they're mad. They think they're mad at everyone else, but they're just mad at themselves. Like, how did I get? I how come I can't be perfect? It's back to our perfection thing we talked about. Was that yesterday? I was yesterday. See, this is a carryover. Mommy wars is a carryover of the perfection mentality. Really, this entire show, every topic is just a carryover from the day before. It's really just one big. It's almost like we're just making it up as we go. Almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> In a weird way. <laughs> yeah. But we're. I mean, we're scheduled out for months, but. It's just, see, it's because humans are all the same. Everything comes back to the same essential point that we are messed up. Yeah, I agree. You can put that on your bumper sticker. There's a quote here, by the way. I, I want to credit her. Glennon Doyle Melton, she's the one who coined that phrase, stop the pinsanity. <laughs> okay. She's quoted in this article, um, and she has some kind of advice. Uh, we have to lower our expectations in terms of parenting and crafts and Pinterest. Being a parent is so physically and emotionally and mentally exhausting to add 17 layers of perfection and cutesiness. I don't know of any study that ever said kids turn out better if they have rainbow-colored birthday cakes. Why are we doing this to ourselves? That's a great point. Which I think hits it home pretty nicely. There is no... I do too. Again, sometimes the most simple just chocolate cake with chocolate frosting tastes better than... Yeah. Frosting is just the wrapper to get to the best part of the cake. Which the is presents? The cake. Oh. You know? I don't like cake. Oh. I, I, I why, want rainbow I, sherbet. Uh, yeah. I want like a birthday pie. Oh, I do you too. Know? Pie's underrated. Yeah. So I'd much rather have pie than cake. I got to go on a Pinterest page and find some stuff out about a pie. <laughs> Is that yeah, okay, do you have your own? You have your own board of nothing but pie yeah, pins? I have my pie pins. <laughs> Merritt, fill us in. Give us the female's perspective because we must be missing. Now, I think dads do this to their kids with sports. We overcomplicate. And then we get competitive. Moms might overcomplicate a simple dinner and put on more than just Doritos. Yeah, well, even as you guys are talking about this, I'm like, no, you can't just put the Doritos out. You have to put them in a cute bowl on a cute tablecloth with other cute things. And there have to be decorations (laughs) and then there have to be coordinated balloons and streamers. And it's like, it's just you can't stop for some reason. That's why you need Cheetos because Cheetos do stand alone. Cheetos need nothing else other than the Cheeto. They speak for themselves. Straight out of the bag. I, I, I think they need a garbage can. Are you talking about maybe? the big puffy ones? No. Or the little Kind of the little crunchy, meaty ones. Yeah. Not they the don't, big They don't ones. stand alone. You also need like, baby wipes or something with those. <laughs> yeah. They're quite messy. No, That's but I true. think... I think um, Educate us. Well, women have a really hard time getting their worth from within themselves, just feeling good enough. Because they're a human and they're working hard. Well, hello, and you had a baby. Yeah. What like, more do you need? No, really. You made a baby. Like you had a baby. Ultimate, no, you grew a baby inside you. That's like yeah, amazing. It's the ultimate accomplishment, right? Really. And you can feed it. Yeah. 
but for, but instead, but you want more. yeah, there has to be more. They have to, you know, it's I, I will feel like I'm an accomplished mom when my house is clean, my kids are clean, my kids are well behaved. Yeah, I'm doing all the trendy parenting. My I have the perfect body. My clothes are great, and and you my know, Christmas every time my comes husband out, comes perfect. home, there's dinner ready. You know, so it's yeah. it's kind of That's a bad a lot of thing. Pressure. And and I think too. I mean, really, we're we're in the 21st century. Right. Do we have to? kind of feedback to those ultra sexist ideas right. really i mean why would we why would god give us mcdonald's if he didn't want us to have mcdonald's every night <laughs> my point sure man. but then she's Go all worried about your that. diet I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not th- sure that theology holds up to rigorous. <laughs> that is not. Just but... so you know, that is not representative of Brigham Young University. <laughs> <laughs> these these are not, not representative. Not representative of BYU Radio nor the BYU Radio producers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that? Uh, but there's a pressure. That's the thing. And some Definitely, of the pressure yeah. comes from society, and some of it comes from moms. And then I think some of it comes from mommies on mommies. Oh, definitely. We, you kind of do it to each other, and that's where the mommy war comes in. And then, then it's like game on. <laughs> Cover your hide. Someone's going down. Uh, then they get into the knickknack paddy whacking. Have you ever heard me talk about this? I haven't. Our neighborhood, not, I mean, our kind of general area, they don't just have a house inside the house. They have there's a place in Utah called Taipan Trading. I'm assuming it's nationwide, but it's where you go get all of these little knickknacks. Like to make your house look complete. Yeah. And a lot of signs that are like uh, like cut out of wood that say believe. Uh, yes. Dream. <laughs> you know. And, um, and other abstract yeah. concepts. So that... by the way, so I have one of those in my room. Imagine. So now I sit in bed looking at the word believe. And then I notice it says be, lie, Eve. Eve was a liar. Believe. Belie. 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 B. Anyway. I didn't know you were such a linguist. No, I'm not. And um, so if I, I just think if I break the sign into three parts, and I'm pretty sure that my whole point, my wife didn't put that in there for me to start thinking of how to break that sign into three different parts. Sure. Then it would be B and lie, and I'd have to use the E from Eve. Um, it's messed up because it's not, that doesn't make a home. No. Right? But it's a knickknack paddy whack. So we're all out there paddy whacking, but no one's doing anything else. We're not, we're not at peace. You're not at peace putting knickknacks all over your house. Then your kids break them. Then you fight. Then you got to ground them. Yeah, I don't understand that of like having to have stuff everywhere perfectly. Like, uh, for example, my mother, bless her. I love you, mom. She, every time I go home, it's like she's rearranged the entire house. Like she has to rearrange all the furniture and like move stuff around. And it's like nothing can just be stagnant. Yeah. It has to be like a new right. arrangement every time I go home. I never know what I'm, you know, where stuff's going to be. Someday you'll appreciate that because my mom moves her furniture, but it keeps her in shape because she's, she's, she's in great shape for 70 something, 74 years old because she moves her furniture so much. Well, she was at that generation where Steelcase was a great company to yeah. buy a sofa from, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so moms feel pressure, huh, Merit? They do. And, but again, too, and we got a lot of this on Facebook, don't make this negative. Don't make it negative. Like, like when we report on this, that you're, we're going to turn this into a negative story. But it's just social pressure is what they're feeling. It is. And it's, I mean, it happens all over the place. Like right now, being a single person, I feel pressure to date. I feel yeah. pressure to, you know, Get do married. this or this. Right. So that always happens. It's just... 
it's pressure for a different stage of life. It's humanity. I think that's exactly what it is. And when we come back, we're going to be going. We've got a ton of tools, ideas for you. Now, by the way, Merritt, don't feel pressure to date. Just get Doritos. This sounds good. I, I think they, that might help. Yeah. You know that whole saying about a way to someone's heart is through their stomach? Mm-hmm. That's not true. A way to someone's heart is through Doritos. That's true. I've been missing it, but it's all totally these homemade well, cookies even, and pies I'd and stuff, Cheetos. I've no. been just on the wrong Well, those page. are good. That's a, that's a great try, but start with Cheetos. Cheetos, it does a body good. Sure. It's like milk. Go ahead and think that. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break. Come back. We are going to be taking on the Mommy Wars, giving you some tools, some ideas to, to can't we all just get along to stop fighting, moms, and to quit knick knack, knack patty whacking. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Scientists may have discovered the bridge between carbon and silicon. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. In the world of metamaterials, carbon has gotten a lot of attention. Carbon nanotubes and single-molecule-thick graphene sheets have given us a glimpse of products with incredible strength and other useful properties. But there's still a lot of work for good old silicon to do especially in computer chips and electronics of all kinds. A potential problem in putting carbon to work at the nano level has been that it's electronically different from silicon, which can change how much electricity it can conduct based on its chemistry and how you charge it. Carbon just conducts all the time. Now, there may be a material that bridges the gap and allows graphenes to do more of the work of silicon. It's called silicene. And recently, scientists learned how to create a mesh of this material by condensing hot silicon vapor onto a silver plate. Silicene seems to share most of the same electrical, optical, and structural properties of graphene meshes. But it could also be a semiconductor like the silicon chips we know. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Having knowledge about medical advice is never a bad thing. It'll be a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity for you to achieve mega health. Ron Hager joins us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern to share insider info and commentary from the world of health and wellness. It's common sense, it's prudence, it's doing things that are moderate, that are balanced, that have variety, not just with the things you eat, but the way you exercise and other things that you might be doing. Tuesdays on The Morning Show, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about mommy wars and just the tendency, not just moms or women have, but all of us have, uh, to kind of compete with the people around us, even when we don't need to. Ben was uh, going over a study, was it? Yeah, this is, again, from the Today Show. So they've uh, really been on this. This is actually from two years ago, though. Um, So they were on this maybe before the rest of sort of pop psychology. Yeah. Um, So according to a survey of 26,000 moms... It's a fairly large yeah. survey. Ninety uh, percent of moms will judge other moms for something in their parenting practices. Really, ninety percent. What I want to know what the men would do. Is there a stat there? No, no. Because you know judge? what? Because the men don't care. Yeah, it's, they have football they may not on. Notice, and, yeah. 
There's football but, on and video games to play. And okay, that yeah. Stuff. That's 90% of women are judging. Yeah, and a lot of the reasons here, um, for example, uh, they list uh, one in five moms will judge you if you didn't breastfeed. Really? On the inverse, if you breastfeed for too long, yeah, 43% weird. of moms will judge you. Um, one other way to be judged, uh, have a bratty kid, 66% of moms will judge you too harsh for that. Do something with that kid. Have an overweight child, 37%. Too much video game time, 32%. Uh, junk food, 34%. Really? So feeding your kids junk food will get you judged. That's interesting. Merritt, does that feel normal? Yeah, that sounds I think right. women are judged harsher, so they judge harsher. I, I would agree with that, yeah. Because it's like we have high expectations for women. Mm-hmm. Like, and if a guy comes out clean hey, and dressed, yeah. that's great. Like clean shaven? Yeah. But, if, but you got to do more. Things have got to fit. Well, I think part of that comes from the fact that ma- like women also put a lot more pressure on themselves. Yeah. It's just the nature of women that you judge. We ta- we just talked about that. I mean, that yeah. you evaluate your self-worth based more on your actions more than just what right. is inherent. And um, this whole idea of the mom wars, we had um, a reference to a blog. It's called For All Mom Kind. And there was a post done by Lindsay a few um, – that's a right. few months ago, and she was talking about this experience that she had where she was on a social network looking at this cute little picture of a baby, and she realized that the baby was cute, that there, she was dressed up all adorable, and the hair was perfect, yeah. and clothes were perfect, and the room was spotless, and she was just starting to feel bad about herself. And she realized that that wasn't healthy. Yeah. Imagine that. And she just realized that she she started taking note of everything that she heard. She has some examples here so for of things moms would say to each other. Oh, so here's some about example. the situation. Okay. Yes. So for example, how do you always look so put together? I'm lucky if I get a shower and my teeth brushed. Mm-hmm. Or for another example, your house is meticulous. Mine always looks like a tornado has swept through it. Yeah. Or you're such a good mom to make a home cooked meal every night. My family is lucky if they get mac and cheese. So just these examples. It's one, everyone yeah. does is like self, you know, denigrating self. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not a compliment. Uh-uh. It's a. I, I, do you see that? Like uh, if uh, there's a, I saw a picture on Instagram of a friend that's really pretty and a bunch of women are like, oh my word, you're so pretty. You're so. And then I'm thinking if a guy had a picture of himself just looking pretty good, what would the guys <laughs> say? Whoa, losing weight. I've actually noticed this phenomenon. This happens all the time. I see it almost daily where a girl will post a picture of just themselves, a selfie, yeah, shall we call it, and then all of her f- girlfriends comment on it like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so gorgeous. Wow, that? you're a supermodel. And it's... I don't. It is. I don't understand that mindset. Well, first off, the compulsive need to take pictures of yourself is weird to me. <laughs> if a guy took a picture uh, holding a fish that he had just caught, what would the other guys say? Nothing. They w- I wouldn't <laughs> even get close to the one I caught. They, they'd probably post. Oh, uh, which reservoir were you at? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I think I went there last year. Isn't that yeah. interesting? But so you're saying the women really, if they don't point out your beauty, which but then in their head, they're probably thinking, how come I could never look like that? Like she just rolled out of bed and took that picture. All right. Mm -hmm. But what I think we're really dealing with here is just 
a difference in talents and a failure to recognize that. Yes. Because what happens is that, for example, my mom is a great cook. She cooked every single night. Like we almost always had a home cooked meal and she would make breakfast for us every morning as well. I mean, there were days we had cereal. There were nights we had pizza and it was just part of routine. Did they did she ever just give you a cupcake in the morning? No, I that's what I give my kids. I would love that, but (laughs) just a cupcake. Yeah, but that was her talent. But my mom also, I mean, the house wasn't always clean, right? And most of that was due to us and messy kids. But yeah, but you know, the house wasn't always clean, and she was busy with other things. And sometimes, you know, she would turn on the TV instead of you know interacting with the you know just. But that was just her talents, her time. And my mom worked. Growing well, we were growing yeah. up part time, so you know she was gone sometimes, and it was just a bit. She but just had some talents in some areas, and some things had to be let go. But I think too, because she was working, she also probably had esteem in something else other than yeah, just definitely. her house, right? Yeah. yeah, which is which has taught you you're more than your cleanliness of your house. Oh, definitely. Or you're more than yeah. what we ate for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So that's the point, I guess. Yeah. Huh? Is so we're all we've all got something to add. And we don't all add the same thing. No, it's it's a myth that you can do it all. It's a complete fallacy. I love that. See, I love that. You nailed it. Oh, thanks. We're going to come back, though, and I want you to teach us more. We're trying to understand this mommy war thing. As a daddy, um, I don't quite get it. But I know there's intense stress that my wife feels. We have guests that are going to be coming over in about two weeks, and we're already getting ready. Getting ready for people to come have a big party at our house. I personally don't feel the pressure. My wife is going to make me feel the pressure, she says. Um, We're talking mommy wars. When we come back, we're also going to go uh, talk and listen, actually, to some advice that we received uh, a few months ago on the show by Dr. Paul Jenkins about our negative thoughts and how that might lead us to trouble. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. BYU Radio's toll-free number to your phone contacts and be ready to chat with us anytime. Our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Whether you add your opinion to the morning show or ask Matt Townsend a question, we want to hear what you have to say. Again, our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. Call us. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. A key section of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 is being invalidated by the Supreme Court. The court struck down current labels on jurisdictions with a prior history of racial discrimination, which require those areas to seek federal approval to change any voting laws. President Obama is rolling out a new plan to circumvent Congress and enact policies to combat climate change. As part of the new efforts, the president warned he will not approve the Keystone oil pipeline if it leads to increased carbon emissions. Immigration reform also drew President Obama's attention today as he held bipartisan meetings with leaders from both houses of Congress as part of a push to get the Senate's immigration bill passed before Congress breaks for a summer recess. Authorities in Boston are hoping the city can begin looking towards the future after the marathon bombing earlier this year. City workers dismantled a makeshift memorial to the victims of the attack today and placed the contents in the city archives. As U.S. leaders continue to push for the NSA leaker Edward Snowden to be extradited, Russian President Vladimir Putin confirmed Snowden is currently in the Moscow airport and will not be sent back to the U.S. by Russian authorities. 
With relations between the U.S. and Russia already tense, cooperation between the two to set up peace talks to help end the Syrian civil war has not been fruitful. Neither side can agree on who should be invited and when they should meet. Mexican leaders are criticizing a U.S. plan to increase security along the country's shared border, saying the plan is divisive and will do little to solve the problem of illegal immigration. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, fellow warriors in the mommy war of the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about the mommy wars. You may not even know that they're happening. It's kind of a silent war that goes on between moms in your neighborhood, maybe a little competition. Uh, Dads even do it. Those are called daddy wars. A lot of times those happen on the football field when we're trying to decide whose son should start at quarterback. Um But it's this weird competition that we get into as parents, as as people, where, uh, you know, it might be pushed a lot by Pinterest and Instagram, some of these newer technologies that allow us to now compete on everything. Before we used to just raise our kids, now we're actually competing to see, um, we're competing to see if we have um, the cutest kids who took the best picture. Like, my favorite picture ever at Christmas is the one where the kids are all crying. Everyone hates each other. The parents are rolling their eyes and they take that picture. That is the one that seems to relieve all the stress of everybody. I think that says a lot about you. Yeah, it does. (laughs) But like we try to take the cute pictures of everyone smiling, but you know the one that's got the red eyes because he's been crying for the last half hour and the other shoes are too tight, so don't make me wear the shoes. But we got to wear the shoes because they match everyone else's shoes. It's kind of like a fantasy. Yeah, I worked as a school photographer oh. for a season, so I took all the, you know the yearly pictures that they did. You know, where you sit the kids down, those smiles, they're fantasy. <laughs> it's just want to tell you, it's all tears and snot uh-huh. and <laughs> snot bubbles. Yeah, it should be. I think it should be like this is our dream. <laughs> this is what we aspire to. And this yeah. is reality. Reality <laughs> is that these two hate each other and his shoes are so tight that he keeps kicking them off. And um, mom just said she's leaving all of us. Well, the, every photo shoot, too, has that idyllic, like, yeah. especially if it's well, outdoors, yeah. that idyllic, like, sunlight hitting the family yeah. and everyone smiling. But like, You know that everyone was fighting the hour beforehand about their outfits, yeah. and they all fought in the car on the do way over there. Do this? And then they all argued about who got to be in the front and who got to be in the yeah. back. And, and then right when the, the person's river. like, smile, they tried to smile, and they had to take that picture a hundred times yeah. because they couldn't get everyone to smile at once. It, it's such a fake construction totally. of reality that it is just completely out of touch. My cousins have this family photo with this white dog sitting in front posing. They got the dog even to pose perfectly. <laughs> and then I didn't see the dog around their house. I said, oh, you know, I saw the photo. What happened to your dog? Oh, we all hated that dog. So we, <laughs> we got, got rid, rid of, of that it. dog. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. It's so sad. It is. So we went to Facebook. Yeah. You posted on your Facebook page asking about Mommy Wars experiences. Yep. And, and it caused a war. That, that was a war within itself. Yeah. And whether or not it exists, why it's so bad. That, that was a real insider. It was. <laughs> it was, I was enlightened. It's like the assassination That's of Archduke Franz yeah. Ferdinand. Yeah. So some interesting, some interesting ones. Um, Gina talked about how a lot of it just has to do with bragging. That mm. you're, you're kind of like trying to prove to the other moms or like – that you have a handle yeah. on things. Yeah. And so it's like, well, my baby could walk before yours or yeah. my baby did this or my child got an A. And 
He's in an, yeah. an accelerated program. Yeah. And a lot of the comments focused on the fact that it has to do kind of with what we've been talking about, perfectionism and a lot of insecurity. Now, is the insecurity in the one – it might be the one posting it that feels a need to keep saying, look at me, did it again. Yeah. Another kid in advanced placement. And then I think there's also the insecurity of the mom who takes offense yeah. at that. He feels like, oh, enough. I'm not good enough. My so kids it's on both sides yeah. because I think a lot of times it's like, oh, I feel insecure, so I'll just emphasize this really good thing and pretend that that's but then, what, And then we all go yeah. back to the trough and we all go do mm-hmm. it again. So tomorrow's another day on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so what – Sarah said, as a new mom, she feels this pressure a lot. She says, I feel like I go through mommy wars daily for everything from my decisions to breastfeed and cloth diaper to my infant's clothes, stroller, toys, et cetera. It is exhausting. Yeah. That's not fun. No, who cares? No. Like, who? we're really this into each other's lives? Yeah. That's messed. Yeah. And Jacqueline talked about, she, she said that it's something she constantly battles. But she says that she's also able to control it a little better. How? So she says she has to step away from the TV and the electronics yeah. and from all of those other things, you know, especially the social media websites. That is just way too much ammo yeah. for the mommy wars. But she says if I just step away and she says um, if she just enjoys being a mom in her tiny house and playing with their not the kids in the not perfect backyard on their gnarly carpet yeah yeah if she just enjoys the company of her kids and enjoys being a mom then she forgets about all of that isn't that but see that's that's probably everybody right if we just don't get caught up in all the what ifs yeah and just deal with what is just deal with what's there and so she's learned a lot i think about positive self-talk she's not giving herself the negative thoughts well i have a feeling she's going to love our next clip we're going to go to dr paul jenkins who's a regular guest on the show and dr jenkins spoke to us about positivity and how our negative thoughts may be giving us trouble our planet is plagued with a pandemic of poisonous pessimism the (laughs) the popular perception of painful or perturbing problems is pathogenically paralyzing the predominant population places pessimism on a pedestal. Wow. That's a lot of peas, Paul. It's <laughs> a lot of peas. Pathological positivity reprograms and positions us to perceive positive possibilities in painful problems. It inspires and provokes people to apply positive principles and practices, even in paralyzing predicaments. Plums. <laughs> Pathological positivity isn't just a program or a fluffy philosophy. Prunes. And that's spelled with a PH, by the way. Oh. It's philosophy. A, it's a personal preference. It's a programmed proclivity to purposefully opt for the positive from a plethora of possible perceptions. This promotes powerful productivity, profit, and prosperity. Pernicious, pernicious pandemic, poisonous, pestilent pessimism is pummeled into powder. As professionals, parents, and other people permit, apply, promote, and popularize pathologically positive paradigms. Wow. The payoff is phenomenal prosperity. Phenomenal with a PH. Prosperity. You you look perplexed. Well, I wish we had known because we could have put a filter on for the P. (laughs) I'll wipe the microphone. A P filter because you just messed up (laughs) our microphones. But really, that was pretty Precisely. And I prepared it prior to this episode. Well, I hope so. Or you've got, a, you've got a really bad vocabulary or a great vocabulary in one letter of the alphabet. My name's Paul. <laughs> but you know what? You said it all. Let's just end right there. And, and 
when I said that I prepared this prior to this episode, we have been planning. Now you're catching all the peas, right. aren't you? Yeah. Peas, or, fruits, vegetables. Promiscuous pigeons playing parcheesi. You have really thought this through. I've thought through the pathological positivity in a way that I'm, I'm becoming convinced, Matt, that this is really a key element in creating a life that doesn't suck. Right. The, the positivity is essential, you're saying. And you're not saying just find the positive. You're not saying it as a fluffy... Take the just out and I'll agree with you. Yeah. Find it, the positive. It's not a just. That minimizes it. No, totally. But isn't that okay. what... When people hear positivity, they think blah, 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 psychobabble. Right. Life is hard, Paul. Positive mental attitude. Yeah. Fixes everything, whatever. Yeah. Have you noticed it doesn't work to just think that everything's positive? Because right. you go through... You know, you turn on the news and you notice somebody just... Got killed in Boston. Right. Okay. What could possibly be good about that? Again, not a bad question. Great question. But as a statement disguised as a question, it just leads us into what I call noxious negativity. Another alliteration. <laughs> that's, the, that's the flip side. That's the opposite side. Yeah. And you have a choice. So you don't have a choice about whether you're going to... You go back and change. Well, whether a bomb went off. A bomb going off or your but you do have a choice. child being diagnosed with cancer. Right. But you now get to choose how we see it, interpret it, the right. data we look for, what we do with it. It's like, now what? And have you ever heard of a flash dark? Flash dark? No. Again, you look perplexed. Flash dark. A flash dark. Well, you know what a flashlight is. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. So you turn that thing on and you see a little spot of light over yeah. on the wall or wherever you're shining. Right. Okay. No. Flash dark. You turn that thing on, you see a little spot of dark. No. I don't think so. It only goes one way. You open up a dark closet and yeah. the, the darkness rushes out and fills up the room. No, no. The light rushes in. Yeah. That's why choosing positivity is so powerful. Is there... Um, is there another word than positivity? Hmm. I'm just wondering if the world isn't hung up on that. Like, that seems like pop psychology. It does. But I, I want, I mean, like, it's hope. Mm-hmm. It's choosing hope. It's choosing light. It's choosing hope. Appreci- like, appreciative appreciation. Gratitude. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a dichotomy. And sometimes when I'm presenting this, it sounds like the victim mentality. Yeah. Versus the agent mentality, mm-hmm. you know, the the paradigm of blame and shame versus accountability and gratitude. Right. And you get to choose. Look at gratitude for just a minute. Um, I, I had an interesting experience with my daughter not too long ago. I was taking her to school. Uh, she had missed the bus. Okay. And. She was apologetic about, I said, honey, I can take you. Relax. No problem. I got it. Yeah. I'll take you to school. It'll cost you, but I can do it. So you're right. (laughs) That's another story. But we're heading down the street. We get maybe a block and a half away and she's already apologized three times. And I said, hold on. Time out. Gratitude, not guilt. Love it. She thought about that for a minute and she nailed it. She came back and said, daddy. Thank you so much for taking me to school today. It's awesome. Now, how does my heart feel? Yeah. 
with the gratitude. It's so much better, isn't it? You choose gratitude and you're paying the person who's serving you now instead of yeah. punishing them. You know, so that's a that's a perfect example. So when you say pathological positivity, you're not just saying positive mental attitude. What you're saying is in every function of our life, you're going to skew the view. Skew the view? Positive or appreciative. <laughs> on that. So gratitude. So guilt would be the depreciative mm-hmm. and um, gratitude is the appreciative. So you're going to a higher energy or a lower energy. Love it. A higher frequency or a lower frequency. You get to choose. Well, one thing we could be doing immediately is Wow. I mean, this could have been so much worse. Sure. Like, there are hundreds of victims, and mm-hmm. this could have been horrendous. This, there were a lot of people down there, and it was meant for harm, and this is good. And it feels a little awkward to even talk about that, yeah. because this could have been horrendous. Matt, it was horrendous. Oh, yeah. But the irony Com- is compared, compared to something yeah. less horrendous. Right. But compared to something more horrendous, see, and the human mind has to make those comparisons. Right. So you're constantly making the comparisons and you're pronouncing some kind of judgment, some kind of evaluation on your experience. So the whole idea of pathological positivity, uh, it it goes beyond the traditional positive mental attitude thinking. And it's an acknowledgement that you will assign meaning to your experience. You will. You have yeah, to. It's going to happen. You have to. Yeah. And when you purposefully choose to take that in a positive direction, it's like turning the lights on. It creates possibilities and opportunities. In fact, the difficult situation becomes the opportunity. Do you remember the Apollo 13 disaster? Mm-hmm. I remember in the movie, as the commander was saying, or one of the guys in the in the command room was saying this could be the worst disaster that we've ever experienced. And the commander intervened and he says, with all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be one of our finest hours. That's cool. And then what did they do with that disaster? They turned it into an opportunity that became one of those inspiring stories yeah. that we're talking about. In fact, and I like that you point out, all inspiring stories have this kernel of negativity that they're probably built around. Well, the hard part, the painful part, the sting, the zap, and and that doesn't take away the sting. It still hurts. Right. It is still painful. We're not changing that. No. But what we're saying is uh, to do something different with that and to do it on purpose. Yeah. The now what? So now what? Yeah. Great question. Great question. So now, it's kind of, uh, step one, dang. Yeah. Step two, double dang. Yeah. Super step painful. Th- Blame, accuse, which is what we... Right. So the now what? You've got a choice. Do we just get angry, less hopeful? And and so step three might be, okay, then. Yeah. Okay. Accept. Deal. I mean, like, accept your reality. And then step four, now what? Yeah. It's a process, isn't it? hmm And you can't expect people to move... It, it, we don't move by as by this or through this as a community. We we process it, but everybody has to go through that process personally. Right. So we can't expect anyone 
there to deal with it the way we deal with it outside of Boston or mm-hmm. in our lives. That's why I guess exactly. you know, it's everyone else's trial. I mean, in anything, the, the diagnosis, the loss of a job. Mm-hmm. You can go try to psych up the guy that just lost his job. Hey, it's not bad. Hey, cheer up, dude. It could be worse, man. Yeah. <laughs> that just ticks him off. I know. It just gets, yeah, then you're going to get hurt. So remember that that first step is to feel whatever you're going to feel. Yeah. And realize that you're not wrong about that. And realize that there will come a time when you get to take another step. And then you intentionally steer that yeah. in a positive direction. That uh, was our good friend, Dr. Paul Jenkins, and I talking about um, right after the Boston bombing and uh, how to take our negative thinking about that and turn it into uh, something more healthy. We're going to take a break, come back. We're talking about mommy wars and sometimes how we might be able to manage our own thoughts. When we come back, I'll be giving a a little bit uh, more advice about that as well as hearing from a few more of our past guests. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Like BYU Radio on Facebook for updates on our shows, Cougar Sports, and more. Once you're there, you can connect with our hosts, producers, and other BYU Radio listeners. Plus, if you have any requests, suggestions, or questions, just ask us on our Facebook page. We love to hear from you. So like BYU Radio on Facebook. With the Parent Previews Movie Guide, I'm Rod Gustafson. Zombies share the screen with a Hollywood A-lister in the PG-13 rated action film World War Z, now in theaters. Brad Pitt plays UN employee Jerry Lane, who is pulled away from his peaceful mornings making pancakes for his family. He's called in to investigate a new plague turning millions of people into lurching, vacant-eyed zombies who lunch on the last remaining human beings. When Jerry hesitates to cooperate, the military leader heading the operation hands over a tough reality check can't help you can't leave my family take a look around here mr lane each and every one of these people are here because they serve a purpose there's no room here for non-essential personnel you want to help your family let's figure out how we stop this your choice, Mr. Lane. Well, it's better than many zombie apocalypse movies, but unfortunately, this thriller comes with all the expected depictions of gruesome injuries, bloody body parts, and an army of walking dead who clamor over each other in order to find fresh blood to feast on, while the last remaining survivors fight back with bombs, guns, and the disturbing use of biochemical warfare. There is no clear-cut conclusion to the story, leaving World War Z wide open for a sequel. Helping parents make confident cinema choices, this is the Parent Previews Movie Guide. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about mommy wars, and uh, by that we mean some of those private, you know, moments when we feel, you know, jealous, when we feel competition, When you're looking at a Facebook page and you see the cutest picture of the cutest family on the face of the earth and you know your family doesn't have a cute picture and everyone's getting older and good moms take pictures and competition, mommy wars. Do you have it now? Let me give you a little bit of advice just as we uh, are kind of rounding the corner on this subject. Rule number one for how to not take stuff personally. A lot of these wars um, 
I think everyone's just trying to stay alive, quite honestly. We're all just trying to stay afloat. And then we make it even harder because not only do you need dinner, but you need dinner in the right bowl, in the right setting, with the right flavoring so it's different. And um, constantly we're trying to re-energize and, um, and, and I guess magnify our, our, what we're doing. And sometimes I think we might be magnifying the wrong thing. So here's some rules. Rule number one, remember that in the end, when you're battling with another person on this earth, in the end, you have the power to stop at any time you want. You don't have to keep perpetuating the problem. You don't have to keep taking offense. One of my um, biggest lessons I actually learned as a school kid, remember the quote, the famous phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. When we teach our kids that, we're already empowering our kids to understand people can hurt you physically, but when they call you a name, you don't have to take the bait. When somebody makes a comment on your Facebook page about, oh, yeah, I had those shoes last year when they were in season. Um, I don't wear them anymore. You don't have to be offended. You don't have to take offense to it. You can actually just recognize that their comment is actually not about you. That's the second rule. If the first rule is you have the power to not be offended, you also have the power to make it about anything else you want to make it about. It's not about you. If they make a comment about the shoes from last year, that is about them. If you feel offended by it, you've officially made it about you. We don't need to sit there and make everything that everybody says to us about us. Quite honestly, what I'm finding in my life, most people don't care about you. Most people don't think about you daily. Most people don't make a comment to hurt you. Most people are pretty self-centric. So when they make a comment, they're making it about themselves. And there's something so powerful when you start to realize that them talking about you or your shoes or your clothes, even if, you know, one of the biggest mommy wars when I first heard about this was the, the war between a mother-in-law and the wife. To me, that was the mommy war of all mommy wars. Um, but you don't need to be offended just because you have an offensive person around you. You don't need to take the offense. Now, easier said than done, I guess. But in the end, if your identity is coming from what they're saying, your shoes, you're, you're more likely to take offense. I had a woman in my office today who doesn't really like her situation in life and has a child, um, isn't married, has a boyfriend that's really struggling, and in the end probably doesn't want him, but he keeps kind of wooing her back. And then she falls for him again, and she's still living at home with her parents and all of these problems. But when, one of the first lessons we taught her is, I taught her is, you know, you can stop this. You can do something different. And that was a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and when she learned that, um, she actually started reframing her life so she's not going to fall into the same trap. He really uh, needs to go get some help, some professional help to manage some ADD and some other addiction issues that he has. And she's basically just said and set the standard that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be there for you until you until you're healthy. And um, he controls her. He cries. He does all of these things to get her to act the way she needs him. He needs her to act. And in the end, she has been able for the last three weeks to hold on to it and and to not take the bait because she now knows she has power. It's amazing to me she didn't know that before. She felt like she had to be offended because. When, when he was offensive. She felt like she had to um, take care of him when he was acting like he was hurt. 
And all of a sudden she realized, I need to start choosing to be healthy. So if, if taking offense to your friends out there isn't healthy for you, then let's, let's get that power back. It's not about you. Another thing I might suggest is some of our biggest guilt while we're sitting there looking at someone else's picture about their children and how beautiful and everything perfect is what's going on, one thing you could do is actually take the situation and embrace the truth. Um, If somebody tells you, you know, macaroni and cheese every night is not healthy, like if your mother-in-law brings that up because you feed that to your kids regularly, you can be as mad as you want and keep the war going, but there is some truth to that. And you could actually just embrace the truth and then just try to understand the rest. Like, why does she need to tell me that? Uh, it might be that she's concerned for her grandchildren. But most of the time when I find I get feedback from people, especially feedback I don't like, that kind of makes me mad, there seems to be a little, a little truth in it. And I found if I just embrace the little bit of truth that's in it and even agree with them. You know, I agree. I wish I could afford brand new shoes every year. Those were last year's shoes. Actually, they were the year before and I bought them. And so and I, we just can't afford shoes every day. So you're right. Thanks for the feedback. Loser. Um, there's truth. And what I find is sometimes it's our guilt that we end, up, we end up energizing the war with. The war with each other, the war between two ladies on the, in the neighborhood, the war between you and your mother-in-law, the war between a father and his son over a sport. Um, there's, there's truth in the feedback you're getting. If another dad says, hey, you need to lay off your son, He's, you're being too controlling. You can fight it all you want. He's my son. I know what's best for him. But in the end, there's probably some truth. Find the truth. Embrace the truth. And um, if you embrace the truth and then actually align your life to start fixing it a little bit, don't have to be perfect at it. But you know what? It's true. I probably should find some other things my kids could eat. Top ramen, for example. Um, Instead of just macaroni, find something else that they can eat. Then you can actually start to change the situation as well. The mommy wars, some of it is just so fake, and I think some of it is just so based in our guilt because we want to do better. We want to be better. If you don't know why you're so offended by all the people in your neighborhood, then just get rid of all of their feedback and ask this one question. What's the most important thing I should do today to be the best mommy I can be? And if it's something as simple as just have family time when you're with the kids alone tonight. If that's what you get in your mind, then just do that. And I'll bet you by just doing that one thing that your heart tells you you know you need to be doing, I bet that one thing, just that one thing, will probably give you more peace than anything you could learn on Pinterest. Call me crazy. Call me old-fashioned. But embrace the truth about what is being said and also recognize that you don't, you know, you don't have to be offended. Remember, you're, you have the power And do something about what you know you should be doing. The number one generator of, I think, what causes our angst with other people is when we're not doing what we know we should be doing. By the way, not everything we need to do uh, needs to be done. Not everything that's out there that is in our mind that's on our to-do list needs to be done today. That's why if you ask your heart, maybe in a prayer, some way get some insight and say, what's the most important thing I can do today? It might not be, get a really cute picture on Pinterest. It might be, take your kids on a walk. Find a new way to make something interesting. Uh, Go on a date with your spouse, okay? We're going to take a break, come back, give you more tools. we got a a great interview coming up from one of my favorite uh, guests we have. Dr. Craig Manning is going to teach us about feelings of guilt and negative self-talk and how to uh, change some of that. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. 
KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Books, geography, art, media literacy. Dean Duncan will cover it all from his unique perspective. How do you feel about it's a mad, 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 mad world? Oh, I love it's a mad, 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 mad world. Should a comedy be 180 minutes? Uh, yes, especially that, especially that one. Because as a cultural historian, it is a cultural cornucopia. This Will Take a While airs weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. A key section of the Voting Rights Act of 1965 is being invalidated by the Supreme Court. The court struck down current labels on jurisdictions with a prior history of racial discrimination, which require those areas to seek federal approval to change any voting laws. President Obama is rolling out a new plan to circumvent Congress and enact policies to combat climate change. As part of the new efforts, the president warned he will not approve the Keystone Pipeline if it leads to increased carbon emissions. Meetings with leaders from both houses of Congress also drew President Obama's attention today as part of a push to get the Senate immigration reform bill passed before Congress breaks for summer. Leaders in the House have already warned they will not consider the bill without Republican support. Authorities in Boston are hoping the city can begin looking towards the future after the marathon bombing earlier this year. City workers dismantled a makeshift memorial to the victims of the attack today and placed the contents in the city archives. Despite continued pressure from the U.S. to extradite Edward Snowden, Russian President Vladimir Putin revealed Snowden is in a Moscow airport today and will not be sent back to the U.S. Snowden has now applied for political asylum in Ecuador. With relations between the U.S. and Russia already tense, cooperation between the two to set up peace talks to help end the Syrian civil war have not been fruitful. Neither side can agree on who should be invited and when they should meet. A new U.S. plan to increase security along the Mexican border is drawing criticism from Mexican leaders who say the move is divisive and will not solve illegal immigration problems. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about Mommy Wars, that crazy little competition that takes place between moms. There's also Daddy Wars where we're competing as well. These these inane, weird little arguments, things that get picked up, our egos get involved, and then all of a sudden we're battling over whose soup recipe is the best. I've had people fight about chili at a chili competition. It got ugly. I mean, chili's ugly anyway. But when you're fighting about chili, then it gets really ugly. So we uh, have been going back to some of the experts we've had on the show, and we've we, we found a clip in the archives from Dr. Craig Manning, one of my favorite men on this earth. He's a um, sports psychologist, and he just knows that not only does he have a great accent, um, but he knows his stuff. And he, he spoke to us about how to deal with feelings of guilt or negative self-talk. The biggest one for guilt is rather than focusing on what you did wrong, is focusing on what you're doing better. The improvement. Creating the muscle memory, yeah. Creating the muscle memory in your mind when you make a mistake to focus on next time I'm going to do this. Yeah. Because if all you do is focus on the mistake, that's what's being reinforced in your subconscious. Yeah. Um, 
every time we make a mistake, next time I'm going to do this, next time I'm going to do that. Um, as we do that, that's what becomes the new behavior. Yeah. And so we move away from that past one and we're moving forward, right. better adapted to, to cope with life, ready to deal with the challenges. With fear, because we're ahead of life there, fear, the big one there is pulling ourselves back to, so we're feeling that anxiety, we're feeling really uptight. Come back to, what can I do now? That can-do mindset brings you back to the present and closes that gap. So both these skills, guilt is in the past. When you focus on next time I'm going to do this, that brings you back to the present and closes the gap. Um, When you're racing ahead of life and you have that anxiety, that fear, focusing on what can I do now brings you back to the moment and closes the gap. And both of them are action-oriented. Action-oriented. Solution-oriented. Yep. Yep. So you're you're kind of – I guess that's when you keep saying muscle memory. It makes sense in sports – how how should I swing the bat? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or how could I get rid of this fear right now? What could I do to focus right now and be present? That, I guess, would bring me back. What um, what does muscle memory look like in work or in a fight with your spouse? Yeah. It's so interesting. We've got to think of the mind. The mind is space. And 10% of the mind is the conscious mind, mm-hmm. but 90% – is the subconscious. It's the whole iceberg analogy. Yeah, right. 10% above, 90% below. So 10% we're actually thinking words, thoughts. Right. 90% It's been conditioned. Biochemistry, history. It's conditioned through our experiences through life. And if we are unintentionally conditioning the wrong habits, practice makes permanent, that's what comes out when we're stressed under pressure because the 90% will override the 10% when we got high anxiety every time. So we need to make sure we're conditioning the right habits. Yeah. That's why practice makes permanent. Um, If we condition the right habits under pressure in a fight, uh, in some situation, we say the things we want to say. We respond the right way. Um, You know, example the other day, my daughter, who has been told several times to do her gymnastic flips outside. um, (laughs) Outside the house. (laughs) Yeah. It's in the living room, and she's flipping across the room. And I walk in the room right as she comes down and smacks her feet on this wood antique wood chair we have. Oh, wow. She turns and looks and just. I wanted I, I've been conditioning myself to that first reaction to be not, I told you so, and get after her and condition that, that guilt. I've been trying to condition myself to when they make a mistake to first react with kindness. Yeah. I'm, are you okay? Are you all right? And and that yeah. unconditional love mm-hmm. being occupied in the subconscious, not the guilt in the subconscious. But having the solution so work through in your head. I mean, that's what you're trying to do is think about it enough and as an anticipation mm-hmm. and in and in I guess reflection. Right. So you can do this in anticipation of what you should do, or you can do it in reflection of what you, sh- I guess, you should have done. Right. Does that make sense? Um, yes. But, but you're thinking, just keep drilling the concept in your head. Act with love. Act with love. Be yep. caring. Be caring first. Constantly condition that can-do like we talked about in the middle section there. Constantly condition the habit of what we're going to do, not what mm. we did wrong. Because yeah. that's what conditions the subconscious. Yeah. Under pressure, that's the muscle memory that kicks in. That's where we're losing. That's where we're losing a lot of our energy is right. in focusing on – what we what we're doing wrong, and that's we're where just that, bleeding out there. 
That's that inner conflict that some of us have because consciously we know we better, but our subconscious being conditioned in such a negative yeah. way, it kicks in. Right. Um, we're driving through the drive-through, and we know we want to get off the Dr. Pepper. Right. Um, but the person comes on the radio and asks you what you want before <laughs> you even know it. The subconscious kicks in, yeah. and you're driving out with that Dr. Pepper in or your two. hand. That's yeah. right. One just in case. And you're like, wait, I thought I was trying to get off this yeah, stuff. But right. your subconscious kicks in, and you're doing it without even realizing isn't that interesting? And yeah. we, we sit here and we, yeah, well, but that is funny because it's your subconscious doing it mm-hmm. and then yet, and then it's your subconscious that also makes you feel guilty. Right. So it not only is messing <laughs> you over, it's making you feel guilty for messing you over. Yeah. Why? I guess to keep us in the one down. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it creates predictability. It wants your life predictable. You haven't died yet. Right. The lion didn't eat you. So right. this is working. Yeah. It's just. And your high brain's going, no, this is miserable. Yeah, it, it's just I've, – I've seen people, when you take ownership of your mind, you make sure you're occupying your mind with the thoughts you want to have. That can do. When you are super aware of your body language and you take control of the controllable, you can condition your habits the way you want. Mm. And when you condition the subconscious and create – that's how you create the life. That's how you get the grass thick and, ri- the yeah. thick and rich and lush. When you do that, you can create a life of abundance. You can create, you can be who you've always dreamed of being and be, you know, I think there's a difference. Fearless still means being strategic and tactical to me. Right. We don't want to be reckless. Right. No. We don't want to be running in front of mooses. Right. Yeah. Stay away from the (laughs) moosin. But but if we're strategic and tactical, we can create the life and we can live and, and see life the way we want to see it from a healthy way, what we're doing well, not what we're doing wrong. Right. Isn't that it's, – it's self-mastery. Absolutely. You this is, this is just self-mastery. It is self-mastery. That's oh, it. I hate that. Yep. That's what's so hard, huh, is yeah. that we kind of want it to be a pill, the easy, quick an fix. easy quick fix. Somebody else is going to bring it to me or be able to blame my family, my history, my genetics, my yep, upbringing. Absolutely. You hit it. It's self-mastery. Look, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> it's where all wisdom and knowledge originates from, right? That's right. Kung yeah, Fu Panda. totally. That's what Kung Fu is all about. The physical is just a part of it, but it's really about the discipline of self, the spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical discipline, learning to be who you want to be, that self-mastery, or as Abraham Maslow said, that self-actualization. Right. That's the the rub right there. I mean, it's interesting because this is the core to every religion. Right. This is the core to every major transcendent event on the history of this earth is self- Mastery to thine own self be true. Yeah, becoming like Christ is yeah. self mastery, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of like this. I mean, it's interesting. We're at a pretty powerful age where I think people are getting this idea, mm-hmm. and so you see the influx of meditation and yoga mm-hmm. and all of these other kind of mm-hmm. transcendental things that are supposed to take us to this space. Right. By the way, each one of them demands. Mastery, right? Well, it's also interesting. Even the the fitness craze, everyone's getting healthier, right? That demands self mastery, right? But it also doesn't always. You might be doing it out of guilt mm. or out of fear. So you might even be that might or be the counterfeit, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. doing it to keep up with the Joneses, not right. to find peace. Not to do it because you love it, yeah. Not being comfortable Isn't that in your own funny? skin. We I counterfeit too, don't we? We fill that space with a lot of stuff sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Is, this, um, is this where you're finding your passion? I mean, you could go do anything you want right now, Craig. You could go <laughs> coach again. You could probably go pick up any university coaching job, you know, within reason. And 
but you want to just go back and help people. You could go on the speaking circuit. You could write a ton more books. You really just you get charged up when you just talk about your 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 the people you're working with. These athletes that you're working with are just individuals. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha- I mean, I work with I work with athletics, but I work a lot in business and just uh, singer songwriters back in Nashville, dances, ballroom dances. The thing I'm passionate about is just really helping people that self mastery. Yeah, helping them be the best they can be. Um, I'm just extremely passionate about it. Sports has become the modern day religion. Oh, you know, totally. Especially outside of the state of Utah. People go to football games on Sunday yeah. instead of going to church. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just extremely passionate about helping people uh, maximize their potential, helping them get the most out of this journey of life. Uh, I'm trying to do it myself. So, yeah. Well, what, what, if, what if the average mom that's just driving home right now could eliminate the guilt mm-hmm. or the fear? Right. Or the dad who's afraid of changing his job, even though everything in his heart says, I need to change my job. Mm. And he's just too afraid to go make the change. What, what do you say to those two? What, do you, what would you say to mom who's, who's feeling guilty because, again, I didn't exercise and I ate two eclairs? Mm. Or what would you say to the dad or you know, a guy that's out there that, that feels that it's time to change and isn't changing a job or being a better dad mm. or – yeah, good questions. The, f- to the mom, I would say keep pushing forward. Just don't look back. Keep pushing forward. Keep yeah. focusing on what you can do. Yeah. You can get there. You can get where you need to go. Um, having a couple of chocolate declares doesn't mean you're falling off the wagon altogether. Right, get no. back on as quick as you can. Um, to the dad, you know, trust your instincts. Trust this, your spirit deep down inside yeah. of you. Follow that. Don't look for the answers outside in the world. And don't try and fill your life with all sorts of stuff to fill that void. Trust deep down inside. The answers are inside, not outside yeah. in the world. Um, and, and again, that's why it's so important for us to condition that muscle memory the right way. Because if you don't, why would you trust yourself? Right. But trust deep down inside who you are, what you love. You do that. How can it be wrong? Right. You know? And it doesn't even have to be perfect. It just a little bit more trust uh-huh. in yourself, right? A little bit more following the intuition, the feelings you're feeling. A little bit more of of not giving up and continually pressing forward. It just makes pressing forward tomorrow easily easier. Yeah. Makes it enjoyable. Absolutely. Yeah. If we can get the mind out of the way at times, yeah. so we can trust, like you said, the instincts, the spiritual and um, instincts inside of us. I just we can't go wrong if we do I, that. I love your advice there on the outside because that's what we do as humans, huh? We fo- we focus on these things, mm-hmm. like we focus on the eclair. Right. Or we focus on our hips like, oh, they're too big. Right. Or we focus on our job. But this, the self-mastery is not for that. Right. The self-mastery is for you. So, it's, so if you can improve it a little bit today, right. it's not just about the things. You will be better tomorrow and be more apt and able to handle life, yep. things. Greatest sense of control. Anxiety comes down. Uh, I, I was listening earlier on the whole battle over food. Yeah. Food is just fuel for the body. Food doesn't have to be something that you do to celebrate. Right. It, it, it's just a substance. If you're not hungry, don't eat. Yeah. When you're full, stop eating. Yeah, well, that's self-mastery. <laughs> yeah, self-mastery. It's, but look at food in a different way. It's not the food. It's not the calorie count. Is disciplining your mind to look at it yeah. in a different, from a different perspective. That's why I love the idea that fear, it's, it's not real. It's just in your head. Yeah. I mean, it's really what you're feeling. But it's not even today. Yeah. Your fear of changing jobs is not today. 
It's not a reality. Yeah. It's not a reality today. It's a conjured concept and biochemical reaction, I guess. And who is it that said it? You have nothing to fear except fear itself. Yeah, that was a that was a general or something. Who was yeah, that? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> we should read about more. Yeah, absolutely. So, Craig, um, as we're wrapping this up, fear, guilt, worry—they're good. I mean, they're they're signs that are telling you something, right? But I guess that's the other key to this: is if you have a lot of turbulence going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. It's probably telling you you're in one of the bubbles, Yep. the bubble behind. I don't know. You, you call it either guilt. I mean, you're somewhere in that gap. Yep. You're not in sync. Got to become one with yourself. Get comfortable in your own skin. Get back to the moments and all of that stuff will just fall yeah. away. Okay. Now, here's a hard test for you. And you got about two minutes to answer it. Okay. Because um, what I love about talking to guys that spend their life teaching and talking mm-hmm. Is they're always learning. So mm. what's your biggest learning recently? Like what's your big aha that, hmm. This pushing forward has been huge for me over ever since the Ohio thing happened. I just want to celebrate. You know, the world is talking about the travesty of what these three yeah. went through. Yes, it was oh. bad. You know, and the Elizabeth Smart, which is very close to yeah. home for us, um, it, it comes back into our consciousness. Right. I want to celebrate the strength of character, the strength of the soul of the human being to be able to overcome stuff like that and still create a life of yeah. abundance. What Elizabeth Smart is doing, what this girl that had the strength to yell out and scream for help after 10 years, mm. that is mental toughness. Yeah. To keep pushing forward and never quit. I just I want to celebrate those out there that just continue to keep pushing forward and those that aren't. Put the, put the mistakes behind. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Solve your problems while you keep going. Don't think that you've got to get everything perfect before you can do this or I've got to finish this before I can do that. Sorry, it, it, there's always going to be something. No, keep totally. moving forward while you solve the problems of life and don't ever stop. I, I love that. I mean, when you just think of the, hurric- the hurricanes in New York, right. the, um, the children massacred in Connecticut, exactly the, yep. the explosion in Texas, Boston bombing, what just happened in Oklahoma City. Yes. I mean, every one of these people are all pushing forward. Yep. You can go back and wish we had done more. We can go forward and feel fear about what tomorrow will bring. Yep. Or we just be present and push and push. Yeah, we we, we want to live a life filled with love. Yeah. We don't want to live life motivated out of fear. Mm. We can't be afraid of what's going to happen next. Yeah. We need to keep pushing forward, uh, you know, bringing it back to athletics. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan, they always said you can never beat Michael Jordan. He just never stops coming after you. He's relentless. <laughs> he keeps trying to figure it out. Look where it took him. Dr. Craig Manning, again, great insight into uh, our thinking, our feelings, and how we manage all of this, and especially when it comes to how we manage feedback from others and, and make sure that we're still in charge of our own head as we're going through life. We are going to take a break, come back, wrap up the show. Mommy wars, you know, we don't have to die. And we don't even need to let our thinking die. Let's just try to find the positive around us and see if we can't uh, take charge of our life instead of just reacting to each other. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. If you can see something on your computer, why shouldn't you be able to feel it? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. 
The graphics and sound capabilities on today's computers are nothing short of amazing. With some video games and virtual world simulation, you almost feel like you're there. Almost. Now, with support from the National Science Foundation, researchers and students at the University of Pennsylvania are working on bringing a realistic sense of touch to virtual simulation. Katherine Kuchenbecker, an assistant professor of mechanical engineering and applied mechanics at the university, says the projects in her lab are all about capturing how an object feels and realistically recreating those sensations so that you can feel a virtual version of the object through a computer and other devices. The process is called haptography, or haptic photography, and it has a wide range of applications. Imagine, if you could touch fabric samples on an online shopping site to get a good realistic sense of their texture, you can make sure to get exactly the pair of corduroys you want. The real driver is medical simulation and training. Surgeons can learn exactly how certain interactions feel and practice skills in a rich, virtual environment. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've been talking about mommy wars and... uh, our very own Merritt Meekum is going to give us, uh, I guess there's an end to this war? There is. There is light what? at the end of the tunnel. What's the end? Um, this has been recent in the past week in the news, um, past two weeks. There is a group. It's the, I lost my paper here. It's the Connecticut Working Moms Group. And they did this major campaign online mm. with a bunch of pictures for ending mommy wars, is what it's called. <laughs> ending and mommy wars. So the pictures... All they have two women and they're photographed holding signs. One of them, for example, said one woman was holding a sign that said, I lost all my pregnancy weight. And another one was holding a sign that said, I'm still losing the baby fat. And they're both just standing there together. They look like they're friends. They're smiling. Yeah. Um, another one was, you know, uh, they're two moms and they're standing together kind of the same <laughs> way. And one says, I'm a stay at home mom. And one says, I work full time. We're joining forces. Exactly. We can get together. Yeah, so they have pictures, you know, all these the, just cool. going along with the themes. Like we, we're, we're all. Is there a kids. website where they can go check those out? Um, I found this article on the Huffington Post. Yes. So if you look for that, you can find it there. And just a quote from one of the women who did this. She said, "You make the choices best for you. I'll make the choices best for me. And while our choices will oftentimes differ, let's choose to love one another instead of critique." See, look, that's it. Yeah, which is the same lesson we want to teach our kids. Really, though, yeah. So I can't be warring with the neighbor mm-hmm. and teach the kids. Love is the nuclear option in the mommy war. Love. There the nuclear option. Yeah. That's so kind of, really, that doesn't, that yeah. doesn't sound good. That sounds, that <laughs> yeah, sounds, it sounds a little... Uh, it sounds, yeah. Uh, Love and nuclear option. <laughs> Maybe they don't jive. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Uh, this was a great topic. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. It's, it was an important topic. It's been it in was. the news a lot. But there... There is hope. Just... And it's all of us, right? It's yep. not just mommies. I mean, moms, you're doing great. Come on. Yeah, they are doing great in their own ways and in their own speeds with their own talents. And, yeah, it's just sad. We just need to support each other right now. We like to do this segment at the very end of the show where – Would you uh, like a question from the internet? Yeah, I would. You what's, want the name one? Of the, what's the name of the segment? Oh. The internet asks Matt. Matt answers. Oh, Matt answers. One of these days, we're, we ought to have, I don't know, a song or something made up. 
for that. A jingle. A jingle. Skyboy, will you work on that? I kind of like watching you struggle to remember the title every single episode. It just doesn't flow right. It needs to be more of an alliteration. Matt right. asks. Matt Matt's answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so what's the question? It comes from somebody who's about 30. Okay. A young and buck. Since he was a eight years old, he dreamed of working for a company where he could make video games. Cool, yeah. He finally got the job. Wow. Job good. offer. Congratulations. San Francisco. Would have to pack up and move there. Pretty excited. Except for one thing. He's been dating the girl of his dreams for three and just about three years. Oh, wow. That's a long They were getting pretty much to a point of getting married. Yeah. Becoming, Marriage or bust. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> And the problem is her career is taking her to Kansas City. Wow. And he doesn't even know the communication of just trying to possibly resolve this because she feels that he's putting his career before her and she feels like he, he loves her, wants to be with her, but I got to take this job because I wanted to do it since I was eight years old and I'm afraid if I'll stay, I have to take a terrible job here and I'll be unhappy and then we'll break up anyway. And Tense. What do you do? What do you do? Online dating. <laughs> no. Long distance thing? San Francisco, much nicer place than Kansas City. Let's just throw that yeah, out but there. You can more afford, expensive. But you can afford a house in Kansas City. You can get yeah, a it's, studio. It's really hot in Kansas City. But but notice the deep issue here is, by the way, three and a half years, they haven't committed anyway to more than, I guess, uh, were they cohabitating? What were they doing? Being boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, clear about that. Oh, they uh, recently got engaged. Okay, so they're recently engaged, three and a half years. That's good. And now one of them has a chance. So watch, this is the dueling vision problem. They don't have a shared vision yet, right? Because now they're getting, hey, well, what about now? You, they, they both think the other is being selfish because you're just chasing your career now, but you're giving up on me. Um, how do you win when two visions are diverging? That's the question here. Rob, you don't have an answer? No. I, I, my thought was they just both the kind of do option. their own thing and talk to each other on the phone. And if they really like each other, one of the two would. Is this a one in a million job? I'm know. assuming. It's probably hard to find a job. Making in this... video games. Yeah, you're not going to find that again. Definitely a dream job. And is he even going to like it? Don't know until you get there. So it's one of those things where if she loved him, she'd support this right or if he loved her he'd get married and they'd move to kansas do you want to bet bucks that there is a way that they could have both do you want to bet that there might be a way that her career could still boom going to san francisco or his career he could still have an opportunity i mean i personally think he needs to go to san francisco and see if he likes it. He doesn't even know if this is really what he wants. It's his dream job, but I'm not. It doesn't sound like he's had a job, so having a job is <laughs> going to be a big deal. Um, I also think um, this doesn't have to end it. Well, she says you can build a career anywhere, but I'm in Kansas City. Well, what's her career? Uh, I think she's going back to school. What? Master's program. You know. Pack up. Okay. How long's her program? Well, well most master's programs are two years. Okay, so. and so she's in the first year, or whatever. So I, you know what? Oh, yeah. She'll be in school for two years. She says, well, why can't you just put your dream on hold for two years while I'm in school? Okay. So watch what this is. This is just battling visions, and they're not on the same page. Interestingly, this is probably a really good test 
because this is only going to happen, what, a thousand times more in their marriage? I personally would – they have to sit down, talk, and say, great, what are we really about? What does marriage really mean to us? We're engaged, so I guess we're going to get engaged or get married in two years. Um, I think they have to talk. They obviously aren't there. They, he, she doesn't buy into his vision. She doesn't really buy into his dream. He apparently doesn't buy into – maybe he thinks her schooling is – it is it is a bit strange that she would say you can build a career anywhere when there are basically there are no video game companies in Kansas City. Yeah, right. you know? I mean, there so might, she might be, not be, but listening. not like in San Francisco. And yeah. there's three thousand universities in San Francisco that yeah. all offer master's programs. So uh, it's a bit. Uh, See, one of the problems is vision's one of the last things we share. We always assume we have it until we don't, and then all of a sudden it diverges, and now we're sitting there and we're not on the same page. When you're in a relationship and you're dating somebody, we've got to make sure we're we're really together on what our goals are. It was probably easy, probably because of the economy. He didn't have the ideal job. He was doing some job. She got into a master's program, and now they've just kind of fallen into their own ways. Um, I personally think this is the perfect test for them. What does love really mean? Is it worth risking it? And you know what? I'd say yeah, because it's not solid enough to stop it. I mean, you know what? One of them going is going to tell the other what they feel. And um, I also don't think it means it's the end. Uh, there's all this great technology we can use, Skyping. Um, she's in school, for heaven's sakes. He's got a dream job, for heaven's sakes. It's One of those is moldable. They can meet up for romantic uh, she's going to be needing, weekends right. in Denver. Well, and she's going to be having a job between. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it can work. And he might get there and find out he hates it. And she might find out that uh, once her job, once she's done with school, she can get a great job in San Francisco. How great would it be that he's set up there and doing something he loves? There are three billion women in the world and there's only so many <laughs> video game industry jobs. So, I mean, maybe look at it as a statistical problem. Said from the singles. <laughs> there's plenty from, of from, fish out there. <laughs> from the cynical singles. Anyway, that's the advice we give you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks again for joining us. Again, we'll be back tomorrow with more great ideas. We've got a great guest. Surprise guest. I'm not even going to tell you who it is, but you're going to want to tune in tomorrow and learn about serious relationships at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Mountain Time, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, was when we'll be airing this show again. Thanks for joining us. This is Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. 